Refresh, what a great word. Uh, it's a word that has a number of meanings. <clears throat> it has a number of connotations. For example, it can mean to take a break. Like, I need a minute. I need, to get my, I need a breather. Uh, I've overexerted myself. I need to get refreshed here. Just to give, me, give me just a minute. Um, it, can, it can be an activity. Some of us have activities that refresh us. When we do it, we go to coffee with a friend, and we just, we just feel better. Maybe there's a hobby that you have, something you just love doing. Whenever you do it, you feel refreshed. You feel better. Some of us golf. Just kidding. Golf doesn't refresh anybody. Golf's frustrating and makes you say bad words. It's not for But some of us have other hobbies that are just, they just refresh you. They make us, they make us feel better. Sometimes we have to refresh our memory. Like, have you ever had to do that? You're fuzzy on the details. You're not getting the story quite right. And somebody says, let me refresh your memory on what happened. Right? Maybe your spouse has to do that about something in your past. Let me refresh the details you seem to have forgotten. Um, if you come home at the end of the day and you feel yucky, it's been a long day, and you're, you've been sweaty and tired, you take a shower, put on your PJs, you feel refreshed. Right? You just feel better. You feel like you can make it to the next morning if you just take a moment and get refreshed. Sometimes we have to refresh our skills. If there's something we haven't done in a while, an activity we haven't engaged in, we have to, we have to refresh our skills. Give me a minute. Let me remember how to do this. Watch YouTube, whatever it takes. And then need to, need to brush up. Oh, I used to be able to do this, but I need to refresh my skills on this. If you go to Chick-fil-A, they're always wanting to refresh your beverage, right, all the time. Can I refresh your beverage? A lot, a lot of ways to use uh, the word refresh. Uh, there, there's a, a digital meaning of the word refresh. If you're working online, if you're, if you're on a website and something changes on that site, like new information comes in, often you'll have to refresh the page to pull in the new information. If you're working on a shared document, maybe you're doing a group presentation or you're trying to write a group doc, and so you're all working on this same doc, but when somebody makes a change, again, often you have to refresh the page in order to see that new piece of information. Now, a few of you know that here at Journey, we have what's called a virtual assistant. She actually lives in Oklahoma, but she does work for us electronically, digitally. Some of you have gotten an email from someone named Jordan, and you didn't know who Jordan was. Jordan's our virtual assistant. Actually, all of you have gotten an email from Jordan because she sends out our weekly email. If you get the Thursday email that's put together, sent out by Jordan, among her other responsibilities. <clears throat> in, in speaking of the weekly email... The staff and Jordan, we all have a shared document. It's a calendar of what's going to go in the, in the next couple of months' uh, weekly emails. And we can update it week to week, and staff members can go in and say, here's the information I want, this is the way I want you to say it, it's this date, it's this time. So, so we're all adding our own information, and then Jordan is taking that information and converting it into the weekly email. Just a few weeks ago, I had added something new kind of late in the week. And I got the weekly preview, which I get usually on Wednesdays. She sends me a preview. Hey, does this look fine? I sign off on it, and it goes out on Thursday. But on this particular Wednesday, that new article that I'd written wasn't there. And so I emailed Jordan. I said, Jordan, this, I, I put this in. I don't see it in the email that's going to go out. 
And she says, I don't see it in the shared dock. I said, that's funny because I'm looking at the shared dock and I see it. I don't know why you don't see it. I don't see it. I see it. And then she says, oh, I just refreshed the page and now I see it. Right? That's how refreshing work. It pulls in new information so that you can account for what's changed. That's actually not the best Jordan story that I have. I have a better Jordan story. Uh, there was a Monday back in the fall, I think it was, <clears throat> and it must have been a holiday because I was home. Julie was also home on this Monday, but Jordan and I have a Zoom meeting every Monday, and I kept our Zoom meeting. We talk about the week and, and what's coming up, and so I kept our Zoom meeting, my home office. Uh, Jordan pops up. Hey, how you doing? Jordan is delightful. She is this wonderful 20-something married, has a son, just a delightful uh, young lady and so I call Julie into the office and I say hey Julie I want you to meet Jordan Julie comes around to the other side of my desk and I say Jordan this is my wife Julie and most of you know my wife that her first words out of her mouth were oh she's so cute um, Julie's words not my words Julie's words and uh, so hey and and then Julie left to walk the dogs she took the dogs on about a 20-minute walk. When she came back, I had finished my Zoom conversation with Jordan, and my middle daughter had called me. So I'm on the phone with Lily. Door to the office is closed. Julie walks in as I say, Okay, bye. I love you. the door to the office slowly opened and my wife's head peeked in and said who are you talking to I said it's Lily it's Lily she's still on the phone this is our daughter whom we both love this is Lily Lily speak to your mother right. you can miss information if you're not careful if you don't download the new information you could get divorced right almost happened to me you got to pull in what's new you got you got to realize what has changed and then you got to adjust to what has changed that's the way refreshing works right this is a new series kicking on the new series but i'm really still piggybacking on the last series as as an introduction to 2023 we talked the last three weeks about our need to pray this year like just ask god let let him change our prayers if he wants to let him answer prayers we didn't ask but let's be talking to god let's be asking god for things in 2023 this series refresh is again trying to launch us into 2023 but I'm asking the question for all of us, like what's, what's the new season you're in in 2023? What's the refresh you need to do? How do you need to update some information? How do you need to account for a new stage of life? Right? Because if you don't, if you don't refresh, you start making decisions based on old information. You start living this year in response to what was happening last year, but things have changed this year. God's doing something new this year. You're in a different place this year, and so you need to account for a new season. You need to refresh the information to know what God is going to be doing in your life. Now, the challenge is 
we're often very comfortable with what we know, right? We know what we know. And we like, most, many of us, we, we like to stay with what we know. I've already figured that out. I've already set my life. This is how our life works. This is what we do. This is who we are. Like this, I, we're going to stay in our lane. We get really comfortable with what we know. And then the information change. And we keep operating out of what we were doing instead of what we need to start doing. I want you to refresh the page. Uh, living life, that season of life when you're newlyweds. Remember that season? Right? That season of life when you're newlyweds. It's, it's a different season than when you have that first kid, isn't it? And then when you have that second kid. And then you have that third kid. Right? You go from man to man to zone coverage when you get to three. And then four, it's you know, wild and crazy after that. Right? It, it's, it's just different. Life is it's a different season. It's a different season uh, when you're parenting a two-year-old and when you're parenting a 15-year-old. Right? If you've done both, you know, those are two different seasons. We're going to parent slightly differently. There's some things. You, you just can't parent a 15-year-old like you do a two-year-old unless you want a disaster. You can't keep parenting the same way. You don't parent a 15-year-old like you do a 25-year-old. And if you have a 15-year-old and you don't have a 25-year-old, you're still parenting when they get to 25. It's different. It's different. You don't ever stop parenting. You figure out, we're in a new season. Our relationship is different. There are things I, I can no longer say. There, there are ways I can no longer intrude, but there are some ways I still need to speak into their life. The longer you're married, seasons change, don't they? Julie, as wonderful as she is, Julie's not the same person I married. And I'm not the same person she married. We've been married 30 years. How could we be the same people after 30 years, we still love each other even more than when we got married. We're more committed than we ever, but we're not the same people. We've changed. Our relationship has been through seasons. We've experienced wonderful seasons of success and, and victory, and we've, we've experienced great heartache together. It, we've been through seasons. That's what we do. We, we, we go through different changes, and getting clarity on those changes allows us to maximize the season that we're in and not continually wishing that it was still the season before because that season has passed. So here, here's what I'm asking in, in this series. That we all just kind of push pause and we get honest about the season we're in as we start 2023. What's new? What's different? Maybe nothing's different for you. Maybe, maybe it's been about the same but you know a year from now it's going to get different two years from now it's going to get different let's start thinking about that what's the new information you need to pull in first chronicles chapter 12 over in the old testament the point we are in israel's history is we're we're in the transition from king saul israel's first king to king david israel's second king right king saul's dead we're the 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 Transfer of power is happening over to David. It's not a peaceful transfer of power. It's kind of a rocky transfer of power. It takes a couple of years for it to fully take place. Uh, Saul's administration, one of his sons and some of his leaders, they're determined to keep the throne in, in Saul's family. And God said, no, David's going to be the king. So there's this tension going on in the transition from from Saul to David and groups of people are having to decide where their allegiance is going to be 
And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, we get a list of the tribes of Israel, and we're told which ones are, are kind of moving over to David. Some of them were already supporting David. Others of them, they were loyal to Saul. They felt like God picked this guy as our king. We're going to support him, but now he's dead, and they know David is the, the anointed king, and so they're transitioning over to King Saul. In First Chronicles chapter 12, uh, beginning around 30, we get a, a list of these tribes, right? This tribe and this tribe. And, and for most of them, we get a little explanation of what those tribes are like. For example, we're told Simeon, uh, that group of men, they were warriors ready for battle. Uh, for Benjamin, the description is Saul's tribe, 3,000, most of whom had remained loyal to Saul's house until then. So, you know, Benjamin had been supporting King Saul, and now they're saying, nope, God wants us to support King David. They're shifting, they're changing. Ephraim, the Bible says they were brave warriors, famous in their own clan. So we get this list of tribes, here's some descriptions. Almost all of the descriptions have to do with battle, have to do with weapons, have to do with war. For example, uh, the tribe of Dan was ready for war, we're told. The tribe of Naphtali carried shields and spears. Uh, the tribes of Reuben and Gan were, uh, Gad were armed with every type of weapon. So most of these tribes, we're told, big warriors, lots of weapons. They're going to war. They're going to battle. Bad dudes. The, these guys are ready. But then there's one tribe that's described and we're told nothing about their weapons. We're told nothing about their battle plans. Verse 32, 1 Chronicles 12, 32. From Issachar, which is a strange name, that's also one of Jacob's sons. So it's a tribe of Israel. From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. They understood the times and they knew what they should do. They understood what was happening. They understood the season. Hey, this is a different season. We're following King Saul. This is a different season. We're following King David. We know what we should do because we understand what has been happening around us. We, <clears throat> we understand the calendar that we're on, which, which is a great concept because here's the thing. The times keep changing. Understanding the times is not something we do once. It's not something we do at some magical moment in our life and then we just live in those times. Understanding the times is something that happens all throughout our life because you, like me, we are passing through different seasons. And having the ability to discern the season that we're in, to discern the place that we're in, and how God might use that season is important. It's a part of wisdom. It's a part of growing in Christ, is being able to understand the times. Now, let me clarify just quickly. Discerning new steps or new directions based on new seasons doesn't mean changing what we believe. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying we just kind of listen to the wind that's blowing and, and we just adopt new beliefs or we change our values. Very often when seasons change, the most uh, important thing you can do is go back to your values, to your faith, to the things you believe about God. To, to remind yourself, these are the things that don't change 
even though a lot of things in my life are changing. And, and that's not to say we never question some of those or we never evaluate those or hold those up. But I'm not talking about listening to what's happening in your life or listening to what's happening in the world and changing what you believe. I, here's the question we should ask. How do we apply what is most important, those beliefs, those values, our faith, how do we apply what is most important to our current circumstances, since our circumstances have changed, since we're in a new season? How do we take what is eternally true, what is eternally valuable and important, and how do we live that out in the new season that we're in? Most of the time I've heard this tribe of Issachar verse talked about, lectured about, preached about, written about in a book. The application tends to be you should know what's happening culturally so you know how to live out your faith. Right. What, what are the shifts in culture? What, what, you need to know about this philosophy. This group's trying to do that. You need to know how to fight against them. Okay, I'm not critiquing that application. That, that's one application of this verse. That's not the application I'm trying to make. I want to make the application to you personally. Do you understand the time that you're living in? The season that you're living in? The things that have changed for you? The way things have shifted for you? Not in a good, bad way. It's just over time, things change. I mentioned some of them. You're in a season now that's different from the season that you were in. All of us are likely in very different seasons, maybe some similarities, but we're in different seasons. But in, no matter what season you're in, God wants to use you. God wants to teach you. God wants to show you something. So I, I'm not asking you to kind of look out at the cultural landscape and ask, okay, well, what do I do with that? I'm asking you to look at your own life, and the way your life has changed, and the way your life may be different now, the way your life may be new, and ask, what does God want to do in this season of my life? That's what I mean by refresh. What's new in your life? What's, what's different in your life? What has changed? Here's the reality. Most of us avoid change if we can. Most, most of us avoid change. Some of us like change. And so we choose change. But for almost all of us, if we didn't choose it, we don't like it. If we didn't decide, if we didn't pick it, if we didn't decide to do something different, if it was forced upon us, if life just shifted and now we're in a different place and, and we didn't choose that, it makes us feel insecure and unsettled and untethered. And, and often we reach for the comfort of what we know to, to settle ourselves. Most of us don't like change, especially the change we didn't choose because change we didn't choose is just unsettling. It's just unsettling. And, and, and again, some of us choose a lot of change because that's our nature. Some of us choose very little change. But most of the time, if it's a change we didn't choose, it makes us feel insecure. It, even some of the changes we choose make us feel insecure, even though we chose them. Have you ever chosen to move to a new community? There was a job offer, there was, a, there was an opportunity, and you leave a community that you knew and you felt connected to, and you go to that new one, and you feel unsettled. You feel ungrounded. It takes a while 
for you to build those relationships. Sometimes we think the new is going to be like the old, but that's probably not going to happen, right? The new, the new is probably not going to be just like the old, and that, that's unsettling even if we chose, even if we said, I want to do this. Those of us who are parents, we chose to do this. Right? You ever looked at your spouse and said, we made a decision to have this kid. And even if you decided, even if it was your choice, it's unsettling at times, isn't it? It throws you off balance sometimes. It's not comfortable sometimes. Change that we didn't choose and sometimes even change that we choose is very unsettling. And again, what we, what we try to do sometimes is we try to hold on to what was. We try to hold on to what was comfortable. But if we do, we're going to miss what God's trying to do here. In our personal lives, in our relationships, churches have to do this. Churches have to assess, okay, how, how have we changed? How, what does God want for us going forward? Businesses have to do this. Businesses have to ask, how have things changed? Where do we fit in this new market? Where do we fit in this new landscape? Anybody visited a Blockbuster store lately? Anybody rented a, a movie? I asked that in the first service, and one of my friends had actually been to the last remaining Blockbuster in Oregon like a year ago. Ruined my whole illustration. We kicked him out of the church. <clears throat> Yeah, why don't you go to Blockbuster anymore? Because things changed. There was new information. They didn't download it. Right? They, they didn't say, we have to adapt to, the, to what's happening in this season. The same is true in our lives. We have to be honest. We have to say, okay, this is what has changed, and this is how I need to respond. Here's how I would say it. The first step to understanding the times is acknowledging the times. The first step to understanding the times is to, acknowledging the, is to acknowledge the times and acknowledge they're not like they were. In our personal lives, they're not like they were. We have shifted. We have changed. Our family dynamic is not the way it was. I, I'm not talking about a mess, a breakup. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about your kids getting older, although it may be that. That may have been what resulted in the change in your life. But even kids getting older, you getting older, you being in a different place, I think it just helps to say, hey, we're at a different spot. Let, let's talk about who we are now. Let's talk about what we can do now. Let, let's talk about who we're supposed to be in this new season. A part of that, a part of understanding the times requires us to face our response to change because we all tend to respond differently. You have a unique response to change for some people it's anger they do not like change they want things to stay the same and when things change they get angry and, and, and often they don't get angry related to the change they get annoyed and angry about everything else but the root of it is things are different now things have changed now I don't like it I'm not ready to accept it so I'm just in a perpetual bad mood all the time that's how some of us respond to change some of us respond to change with frustration we just get frustrated that things aren't the way they used to be but things aren't the way they used to be some of us respond to change by withdrawing we distance ourselves from other people from relationships we kind of go into a hole we think oh, i'm going to figure this out 
I'm going to keep things the same by distancing myself from other people. Some of us respond to change, as we mentioned, by trying to get back in control. I'm going, to, I'm going to control everything I can control so that I feel like I have some control. Most people experience some sense of grief when the seasons of their life change. This is no longer here, and now it won't ever come back. Yeah, that, that's, that's normal. Most people experience that sort of thing. Now, over the last couple of years, we all experienced dramatic change rapid change and change none of us chose at the last few years we've all been forced to deal with i won't say accept because some of you have pushed back at that we've been forced to deal with change that we didn't see coming we didn't ask for and was very very fast like if if you were praying for the last few years and that's what you wanted, I need to see you after the service, right? Because I got, I got some things I want to talk to you about. Like none of us were saying, man, I wish all of these things would happen. No, we didn't have time to get prepared. It just happened. We're in a different time. Relationships have been affected. Some have ended. Churches have been affected. Um, businesses have been affected. The way you shop has been affected. The way some of you buy groceries. All of these changes have happened, and our response can be, you know, I just want it to go back to the way it was, but that's never how change works, is it? Once there's a change, the response to change is never, I just want to go back. That's never the aftermath of change. The aftermath of change is, how do we go forward? How do we go for it? Not how do we get back, but we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to go back. Here's the reality. When everything has changed, the way forward is not to go back to the way it was. It never is. When everything changes, the way forward is not back. The way forward is not recovered. The way forward is not convincing yourself that nothing has changed. I see people do that sometimes too. The way forward is not convincing yourself, well, it won't impact me. Right? I've ministered in communities before where everything was changing, but the perspective of the church was, well, it won't affect us. Well, it won't affect us. Well, it's not going to get to us. Well, it's going to be a long time away. That's called denial. Right? Change affects all of us, and the way forward is not to go back. The Bible is filled with God saying things like, forget the past, I'm doing a new thing. Forget, don't look to the past. The past was great, you can celebrate it, you can memorialize it, you can be grateful for it. But don't keep looking to the past because I'm doing something new. I'm moving forward. God comes to Abraham and says, I want you to leave what you know and I want you to go something totally new that you don't even know where it is. God comes to Paul, rescues him out of his past, gives him a totally new life. This is the work we see of God all throughout the Bible, taking us from where we are to something totally new, moving us forward, calling us out to something new. And, and, and in 2023, that's what God's doing with you. And, and maybe the hard part right now is admitting it's not the same and it's not ever going to be the same. This has changed. But God is saying... 
yeah, I got something new. I got something new. Here's another thought. God has something ahead of us no matter what we're leaving behind. God always has something ahead of us no matter what we're leaving behind. Whatever that season is that is past for you, as much as you loved it, as great as it was, God has something ahead for you. God has something in the future for you. God has a calling for you. God, God didn't stay back in the past whenever it was so great. You know, we convince ourselves the past was so great and, and, and all of us have things in our past that we are fond of, that we love. It was a great experience. But when you moved out of that stage, God didn't stay back there. Like today, God's not 10 years in the past to that great thing that you experienced at one time. You were in that church. You went to that youth group. You, you had that community group. There was this huge worship experience. Our family was so great. Everything was going well in our family five years ago, and now everything has changed. Guess what? God's not back five years ago. God's right here. God's in where you are today. He is in this season, and he's pointing you forward, and he's directing you to what is ahead and the way to experience the fullness of God the way to experience all that he wants to offer to you is to refresh the page and say this is a new season it's not going to be like the past but I'm going to keep following God into the future one of my mom's parenting principles she didn't have a whole long list but she had a couple of parenting principles that she shared with us as we got older and as we began to have our own kids one of her uh, primary parenting principles was she decided that she would enjoy her kids at every stage that they were, at every stage. That when it was hard and we were in diapers and she's going to enjoy that stage because she, she knew she'd miss it one day. And then when we started walking, she was going to be present, she was going to be there, she was going to enjoy that stage. And we went to school and then we're middle schoolers and we're little brats, you know. She was going to enjoy that stage somehow. And then, we'll, you know, we got... 1820 our head started clearing we started coming out of the fog and she was going to enjoy that stage when we we're adults she was going to enjoy that stage every stage was going to have something good in it and yeah she was going to give up something something was going to be lost at every stage but something was going to be gained at every stage there's going to be a reason to enjoy this time uh, when we started having kids one of her grandmother principles was my grandkids are going to know who I am. My grandkids are going to have memories of their grandmother. And so she did Christmas cookies, and she took them on trips, and she invited them to her house, and they had sleepovers. Because she's just determined, they're going to know me. We're going to spend time together. Our life in Christ, with what God wants to do with it, we need some of that idea of, you know what, God, I'm going to enjoy every stage that you give me. And they're going to be different. And some are going to be harder than others. And, and there's going to be some letting go and some gaining all throughout my life. There's going to be some leaving and there's going to be some arriving all throughout my life. And God, I'm going to enjoy every one of those stages. And yeah, I'm going to grieve sometimes. Right? I'm going to say bye to some things. It's going to be hard to say goodbye. But I'm going to know that in this new season, you are there. David said this wonderful thing in the Psalms. David said, I'm convinced that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm convinced I will see the goodness of the Lord right here 
I'm not waiting till I get to heaven to experience the goodness of the Lord. I'm convinced I get to see the goodness of the Lord in this season I'm living in, right? Right here on this earth, right here in my relationships, right here in this stage that I'm in, that my family's in, that my marriage is in. Right here, I'm convinced I will see the goodness of the Lord in my life. And, and, and as we go into 2023, that, that's what I want us to feel. So some of you are navigating huge changes and huge shifts in your life and and some of those are exciting and 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 wonderful and and some of them are really hard and some of them involve loss and and some of them involve really hard decisions and 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 i want to say can you just anticipate that even in this season you can know the goodness of the lord right now you could see god at work you you could what's the phrase eat the fruit that's in season like there is fruit right now not someday like there, is a, there is fruit for this season that you can have. Pick that. Not all the fruits in season. Right? Not, not all the fruits in season. And there's some things maybe you can't do. There, there's some things maybe that, 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 um, that aren't available to you. Right? In, in every stage, we, we have unique possibilities and unique limitations. In, in every stage of our life. There's some possibilities that open up, but then we also have to be honest to say, you know what, right now in this season, there's some things I can't do. There's some ways I can't serve. There's some ministries I can't get involved in. There's some things I'd like to do that I just got to put off right now because of the season that I'm in. But in every season, there's possibilities of what God wants to do in your life. There's possibilities of what He wants to show you and teach you and how He wants to grow you. Here's another important principle. When we experience change, God hasn't changed. When we experience change, God hasn't changed. When our seasons move from one to the other, He's the same God. He loves you just as much, has a plan for you, has purposes for you. So just real quickly, a couple of questions. How is 2023 a new season for you? You have to answer that. I can't answer that for you. Um, your friends can't fully answer that maybe you answer that as a couple if you're married maybe you answer that as a family if you have older kids how is this a new season for you what's different about this season or what change is coming on the horizon that that you want to prepare for that you want to get ready for how how is 2023 a new season for you these these past years right that the season that we shall not speak of these past three years right how has that altered some things that you need to just get clarity on and you need to admit this is now different this is now different God how do you want to use it another question what are the possibilities and limitations in this season like what does this unique season present to you you have freedom to do these things and then What are the things that during this season you're just not able to do right now? That's okay. It's okay to say that. Now, it's probably not okay to say I can't do anything during this season. I mean, God wants you to do something. God's at work in you in some way. But every season, small kids, bigger kids, no kids, single, married, divorced, whatever, retired, like all of those seasons, they present certain possibilities. Here's things that I could do. And here are things that I'm kind of limited in in this area. Just be honest about that. Last question, what does God want you to do with this season? What does he want you to do? 
Not for me to tell you, not for me to figure out. What does God want you to do? How does God want to use this season? With the good and the struggles, with with the opportunities and the limitations. Because what what I want to challenge us with for 2023 is, let's not have any wasted seasons this year. Let's not have any wasted seasons. Let's not just get by this year. It's not that you're supposed to do a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not telling you that. God's not giving you a to-do list. But let's not waste it either. Those important things that we talked about at the beginning, your faith, your vow, those things that are deeply important to you, how are you going to live those out? Let's, let's not waste a season in 2023. Let's live every moment for the glory of God to experience the goodness of God, to, to walk in the grace of God in 2023. God, I, I pray that you would help us. This is, this is really an individual take-home test. It, it, it's not one that has a single answer. Uh, we're not all going to be in the same season, have the, the same opportunities, the same limitations. It's really work that we each have to do individually or, or as a couple. But God, help us to refresh the page. To, to, to leave behind as best we can grief for what has changed and, and accept that it's a new season. And with a new season, there's new goodness. There's new fruit. There's new possibility as we step into this new season with you. That you said, hey, stop looking to the past. I'm doing a new thing. I'm taking you to a new place. I'm teaching you a new thing. I'm using you in new ways. Help us walk into 2023 excited about what you're going to do in this season of our life. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.